Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Michael Litchens with us as we talk about exorcisms, the exorcism files. We'll be talking about a movie with Father Gabriel Amorth, who died at the age of 91 after doing, as Michael said, thousands of exorcisms. Truly remarkable, Michael. Is is the Catholic Church the only religion that covers exorcisms? There are other churches and religions, obviously, different branches of Protestantism, pardon me, have a ministry of exorcism in some way. I know of a couple Anglican exorcists, and then there are also religions that have what we might call exorcisms. I don't know if that's the official name in, you know, like shamanism and things like that, where there is a ritual to getting rid of demons that might be vexing people. It's just remarkable that it happens mm-hmm. the way it does. Tell me about the devil. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I am one of those who does believe the devil is real. That is actually a really controversial thing to believe in. Even American Christian circles, like there are people who, uh, in the 1960s, even the Catholic Church was talking less about him. Suddenly the exorcist comes out and there's a renewed interest and they didn't have enough exorcists. But... Yes, I do think he is a real force, and I believe that ultimately we can't blame everything on him. We are humans. We have our free will. But his job is to lure people away from grace, and that is what we have to resist and fight against more than anything. Had there been, as you were saying, that you have witnessed several haunted possession objects that were— how do you exercise an object? (laughs) Often, usually with a blessing— and in a couple cases, uh, lay member Adam Ligo I mentioned earlier, he recalls a farmhouse where they had a haunted painting just left behind by previous people in, in their attic, knew 
owners come, they claim that their house is haunted, they give away the painting to friends, the house continues uh, it continues for haunting a few days more, but then the haunting moves to the new house. And what they finally had to do was give the painting to the chancery for the exorcist to examine and also bless the item. And they ultimately decided that it was best just to keep it under lock and key, which is something most famously the Warrens would do, is just keep it in their little museum of objects. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, are you familiar with her name? She's not with us anymore either. I've heard the name. I'm not too familiar, no. She was an expert in objects and things like that and totally convinced that they were possessed. Totally convinced. No, and a lot of people have found that. There was the Dybbuk box from a few years ago that I think they made a movie out of. And that got that and Robert the Doll, I think, are the most famous for haunted objects that to me strike me more as demonic. Good old Robert down there in Homestead, Florida. Jeez, I know. I Don't scare me because of the Uncanny Valley anyways, but that thing is utterly terrifying. How often are you on call? Do, 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 do priests call you and say, Michael, we're doing an exorcism next week. You want to come here and witness it? They do not. Uh, they often will interview me, usually not interview me. I'm interviewing them, usually anonymously, just so I can get some more insights into their ministry. But I'm not on an active phone call. If you call me in an emergency, I'm probably calling a priest next because I don't want to get into a fight without the right tools. Generally, what kind of an entity is doing the possession? Generally, what is it? It's generally a lower form of one of the fallen angels. Those were the ones that were cast out of heaven by St. Michael. On occasion, though, you get Lucifer himself who will possess a person. A couple exorcists have encountered him, though it is rare. Uh, More is blessed that his very first exorcism was with Lucifer, who identified himself in English, even though the young boy who was possessed by Lucifer couldn't speak English. What do they want? They typically want to destroy our hope. They want our souls. And the way to get to our souls is to destroy any sense of hope we have that we can be saved and redeemed. And so they'll bring in these things to scare us, to frighten us, to shake us to our core. And the idea is that we'll give over to them because of their power. Why does invoking the name Jesus or tossing holy water at them, why does that seem to work? It's a reminder of what they can never have, and that's one of them is the act of grace itself. The fact is is that when, because angels are eternal, when they rebel against God, their will is forever cemented whereas we live in time and therefore are given a lot more chances. So there was a jealousy almost from the beginning. Some mystics believe that Satan was moved to to rebel in heaven because of human souls and the jealousy they had over humans. So they want to corrupt us as God's creation as much as possible. And what kind of a job do they do, Michael, in trying to corrupt us? In trying to corrupt, uh, we talked about a vexation, an oppression, There's also, of course, temptation, which is the most normal form. You know, we know the cartoon of the angel on one shoulder, the devil on the other shoulder. Which one do you listen to, right? Yeah, which one are you going to listen to? And to some degree, this is an act that we believe demonic entities can engage in, where they'll tempt you into doing things, usually in the name of achieving a lower good, like wealth or fame or material possessions you want. Why must it be a priest 
to do the exorcism. Why can't it be you? Well, it can't be me because I think I would, I am a very clumsy person who can mess up a lot of things on a personal level, but also from a Catholic standpoint, the priest is, in Catholic theology, we use the term in persona Christi. They're acting in the person of Christ, much like priests in the ancient world were acting on behalf of the God they were serving at whatever altar. Catholic priests are acting on behalf of Christ and in Christ's name. So everything they do by their very lives is done through Christ. We're going to take calls next hour with Michael. Go ahead, Michael. Oh, and I was just saying, more importantly, a lot of them are trained for this and will fast and pray for days. They have all these prayers memorized in both Latin and their native tongue, and they're just better equipped to deal with it. How do the demons select the human that they go after? Funnily enough, it's often the humans who are choosing to make themselves known to the demons. Oh, really? Yes, it's often people who get curious. Maybe they get involved in something occult-related, or they got tricked by a ghost that was haunting their house. But there's something where they reach out. Another reason why the Church will warn lay people to be careful in this ministry and not go too far is because if we make ourselves too known to the demons, we're now a target. And this can happen. So basically, people will make themselves known, and then the temptation, the obsession will start. And from there, it's usually a path to either complete ruin or sometimes a full possession. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Now, we talked earlier about the Ouija board. Your overall thoughts, is it just a game or is it serious stuff? I think in most cases it's psychosomatic. And I want to say like more than 90% it's psychosomatic. It's us kind of playing ourselves into believing the board is talking and giving us real messages. 
but I think it opens a doorway more than anything. Uh, in my own family, a couple of my mom's childhood house was haunted after they played an Ouija game at a slumber party, you know, the most innocent thing you can think of. And after that, they kept seeing manifestations, objects would move and hide. And what I think you're doing there is you're inviting something in. No angel or demon can do anything without your permission, without your consent, and without your will. So by the act of playing with an Ouija board, you're saying to whatever spirit might be around or within hearing distance, come on in, play with it. Heck, move a physical object for me. And, well, you shouldn't open a door until you know what's on the other side. So tell us about Father Gabriel Amorth. Tell us more. Absolutely. As I said, I think he's one of the most fascinating people to have lived in the last hundred years. He performed thousands of exorcisms, and he didn't start talking to the media until he kept meeting priests and bishops who didn't believe exorcisms was a necessary ministry. Uh, he found, in fact, that many dioceses didn't even have an exorcist on staff, which is something they're supposed to have, according to the rules, to have one on staff. At least one, right? At least one, but many did not and hadn't had one in years, so he wanted to change that. So he started talking to the, mini, uh, to the media, gave numerous interviews, appeared in a couple documentaries, and he start, more than that, he started the International Association of Exorcists, which has been promoted by every pope since his lifetime, and has trained hundreds of priests to be exorcists. Pope Francis has spoken at a couple of these meetings because he himself, uh, not many people know this, but he actually performed a couple of exorcisms himself back in the day. Were they successful? From everything Pope Francis says, obviously he doesn't want to give too many details, but he recalls that they were successful, but also shook him up pretty, real, uh, pretty royally. Is it dangerous to perform an exorcism on the performer? You mean on the person who is performing the exorcism? Yes. Ah, I actually never thought of that. That's an interesting question, one I do want to ask them. From my understanding, it's not inherently dangerous to perform an exorcism on anybody. Sometimes Father Amorth, when he was trying to discern if somebody needed an exorcist or just a doctor, he would perform minor exorcisms, which would involve holy water or things like that. It would come to no harm to especially a regular person, but... Someone who is possessed might react very violently to that. When I was in St. Louis, Michael, I came very close to interviewing the late priest, the one of the two priests that performed the exorcism on the little boy. Yeah. And then he passed away, of course, the priest did. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But he had told people that it had an effect on a lot of people. They sold the furniture, for example. The hospital closed the wing where this exorcism occurred because of strange things that were happening. But the hospital sold off the furniture that was in that room, the bed, the, ch the chest, the dresser, the chest of drawers. Mm -hmm. And the people yeah. who bought those things, they claimed that strange things were happening around their house. So these objects apparently were affected. Weird. It's very weird, and I have no doubt, like, that was an intense, uh, if I recall, that was uh, Father, Father Holleran who led that particular exorcism, and several of the eyewitnesses report being physically hurt and having nightmares for years afterwards, so that was, I mean, obviously it inspired the most, you know, the most terrifying movie I've ever seen, so of course it was a little rough. When is this movie on Gabriel Amorth going to come out? 
They're still uh, working on it. Right now, Russell Crowe is supposed to be playing Father Amorth, and they're looking at a release date of 2024. I know Russell Crowe. Oh, you do? I'll send him a text if this is happening. Oh, I'm so that was the report I read a couple weeks ago that he was supposed to be playing Father Amorth, and I thought at first that's like, well, well he's That's a great. Old, I didn't know that. But... That's great. Yeah. He's a great actor. Oh, he is one of the best. Oh, my gosh, I love... Did you see him in the movie Unhinged, the Road Rage yes. movie? Oh, my gosh, yes. He, oh. he was, again, surprisingly good. I'm always amazed at his ability to play different parts. Now, when Father Amorth died at the age of 91, mm-hmm. did anything strange happen to him, or did he just pass on normally? All in all, he passed on normally. What I think is strange, quote-unquote, was the fact that he worked almost until the week he died. And so he was still seeing people even when his health started failing in his 90s. And I don't know many people that want to work into their 90s, so that was always impressive to me. Absolutely. What can people do to block any kind of demonic possession from happening to themselves? Is there any kind of of protection? There certainly is. In the Catholic Church, we have various ones, like uh, the Epiphany Blessing you might remember from your childhood. That is actually a minor rite of exorcism to protect your home from anything that might want to follow you. And that's where you draw a blessing, the cross, and the date up of the doorways. So holy water is also a great one, but the most powerful thing is prayer and also a little humility that you don't have to go looking for things. Well, when it happens, it happens in a big way, doesn't it? It certainly does. And like I said, in a lot of the cases covered by a recent exorcist, it's been, in the most recent book, Adam Bly's The Exorcist Files, which I edited, he talked about how a lot of these times it started out so simple and so innocently. Uh, We were talking about the Ouija board, but he met a doctor who had been dealing with a demonic activity for something like 20 years. It would literally follow him from place to place. And it all started with him getting noticed to a spirit through the Ouija board who promised him fame. When you do this and you keep writing about it and studying it, are you concerned that something could backlash on you? You know what? It's an absolute concern that I did not take seriously because I thought I'm just an academic. I'm just studying this. The first sign that something was going weird in my life was of all places, I was doing a radio interview with Man Cow in the Morning, Chicago's own, and we were, it was a lighthearted interview. He was joking with me, but he asked me one question, like, it was something like, what should people do if they're being uh, attacked by exorcists? And all of a sudden, his whole studio was dark, and I mean everything. The producers called me a week later to do the interview again, because they couldn't get their studio back up, and it was the weirdest thing they'd ever seen. And so that little incident has taught me to basically make sure I'm myself and doing the right things, keeping myself in prayer, not letting my curiosity take a hold of me, and, well, definitely teaching me humility. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.